Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Travis Pepper podcast. My name is Luke Pitkin. And for those of you that are listening for the first time and thinking, what the fuck is this all about? Well, it's very, very simple. My good friend Travis said that he would mentor me. And in doing so, he recommends me things to watch, read, listen to, and be inspired by. So it's books, films, movies, inspirational people, all wrapped up into one. We set ourselves homework each week. We go away and we come back the following week to review it. So this week, what are we reviewing? First off, we've got a Netflix documentary called The Playbook, which has inspirational sporting coaches in it where they give their advice and their five tips to how to be successful in life. So it's all that kind of inspirational stuff. We have a film called The Grand Budapest Hotel, which is full of colours, language, uh, lots of language, lots of colours and more saggy breasts than you would like to see in a film. And we finally have an album by a guy called Matt Corby or Colby, um, which is called Rainbow Valley. So we've got Rainbow Valley, the album, the Grand Budapest Hotel movie and the Netflix documentary, The Playbook. We also have a little conversation this week about a Zoom call that Travis and I have been invited to, which could be entertaining. And I got Travis a belated birthday present so you all get to see how he reacted to that so travis hit that jingle let's get rolling and uh oh well if you sometimes feel like a moron don't worry we've got one too because we're not that clever but we make it all up with our can-do attitude so if you like a bit of banter with me and this old wanker we've got just the thing for you we've got lots of content and it won't make sense it's the travis pepper show mate this is like uh this is like smooth late night radio hell yeah coming in at a, it doesn't i guess we need to like What's the time? Listen in and enjoy the sweet, subtle tones of Luke Pitkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's late. It's late night here for me. It's like eight o'clock. It's nearly bedtime. So, um, yeah, well, I feel like we're doing a late nine night radio recording. Like Barry Scott. It's Barry Scott with a smooth voice, isn't it? Barry Scott? Scott? No, he did the drain cleaner. Oh, he's still it bang. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Barry Scott, and you're listening to Radio 4. (laughs) Barry Scott. Mate, that'd be a step up for him if Barry Scott ended up with, like, going from Sillit Bang to... um, You think? What's it called? Sillit Bang to Late Night Radio. I I don't know how much he gets paid for Sillit Bang. What, Sillit Bang? All he has to to do is say, bang, and the dirt is gone. And that's Barry Scott. That's his job done, isn't it? (laughs) No, he does the... the, um, commercials as well doesn't he 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 does the other yeah yeah yeah. he does the other but barry white's the one with the smooth voice is he yeah that's who you were thinking of yeah that's who i'm thinking so for those of you that are listening in the morning this makes no sense but we're recording in the (laughs) evening (laughs) anybody that picks this podcast up and is listening to it at nine is like what the fuck are these two talking about this is Um, this is this is why we should have a radio show because we have no conscious we're not aware of what's going on outside of this moment. So, so we're not, we don't create content that's digestible at any time of the day. So no, that's why we need uh, to have a set time on the radio, be paid lots of money. Jobs are good. And that would, that would be fine. I don't, 
I don't even think we need to be paid lots of money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Be- bed-, bed and board and that's it. We have so much fun doing this. It's just like, yeah, don't give us any money. Um, yeah, to be honest, yeah, today, no, don't. today, mate, I was, uh, whilst I was working, each each little roadblock I was coming up against while I was working, I was like, oh, you got the podcast tonight. It's going to be fun. Got the podcast tonight. Can have, can yeah. have some fun. <laughs> we we do. Well, we all we always do have fun. Um, although, although there's not much fun going on here at the moment because we're back in fucking lockdown again. Mm, Bullshit. We've got the same Sorry. kind of thing. Have you? Well, as in it's going really? up again, and we're having rules, but I don't oh. think they're the same rules as you. So <laughs> it's pants, man. It's not fun. No. Which means which means that um, more people will be tuning happened. into the Travis Pepper show. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll get more listeners. Well, because they've got nothing better to do. <laughs> I'm, yeah, stuck in, I'm stuck inside. I might as well listen to these twats now. I've got time on my hands. Yeah. Um, to be honest, yeah, my we'll friend said that they've, um, they've listened to, they've watched most of the videos on the Instagram, but they've never tuned in for a show. And so, oh, really? You know, now might be the opportunity. So. Now might be the time. You've got to invest a lot of time. We waffle on about pointless shit for so long that you need to invest a lot of time. I mean, um, last week you made a screenplay for Mr. Tickle and Kim Jonan. So, ah, uh, yeah. And I've yeah. actually made the full, I've actually made the full thing. Um, uh, have so, you? How yeah, long I mean, is I've, it? I've written a book. Um, <laughs> and you are, I was, I was writing it, right? There's a bit of a story to this. Okay. I was writing it and then I was like, this is hilarious. And then I finished it and I was like, Luke, this isn't hilarious. This is just <laughs> fucking weird. Like, I got to the, I was like, this is so funny. And then I was like, this isn't funny. This is just fucked up. Um, I've got a PowerPoint, which is 20 slides. Although there is a bit more of a story to this. So last week yeah. we read Mr. T- we, we read Mr. Tickle, right? Exactly. And I I bought the paper version. And at the back of the paper version, it says, would you, on the very back page, it says, would you like your child to star alongside the Mr. Men in their very own story? Every <laughs> child will, every child will love reading about themselves, sharing a very silly birthday in true Mr. Men style. So naturally, I thought, what better way to spend £15 than get our very own personalised Mr. Man book? So I present to you Travis Pepper (laughs) 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 and the silly birthday. (laughs) So... Oh my god! So, (laughs) excuse me. So, for anybody listening, I've basically got. Look at you as well. Designed my own little Travis Pepper. They had no leopard print clothing, so I went with uh, yellow and beige jeans. But what I've ended up with, for those of you that are listening and obviously not watching, um, is a Mister Man book uh, paperback which says Travis Pepper and the Silly Birthday. Um, and on the front is two, a Mr. Man and a little missus. And in between is a cartoon version of Travis that I have this, designed myself. This is so, uh, amazing. Is. So do you know what, mate? I haven't read this book, so I don't know what's inside that. I thought if ever we read it, we should read it together. So, and you can obviously keep it cause it's got your name on it. Um, <laughs> and to top, to top things off, you get 
a happy birthday certificate here that says on it, happy birthday, congratulations, <laughs> enjoy your special day, Travis Pepper, from all your friends in nonsense land. So that's... <laughs> oh, that's where they're based. <laughs> oh my god! So there gosh. you are, mate. Well, you are you said that you... Uh... You said in one of the other episodes that you didn't get me a good enough birthday present in the fact that you didn't get me a birthday present at all. So this is a very, very nice addition, I guess. Yeah, so what ha- so what happened is obviously I ordered, as soon as I read Mr. Tickle, which was a good two hours, um, I, <laughs> I saw that and I ordered this. So last week when we recorded the episode, this was already on the way. I already knew this was happening, right? So this has taken like ten. This has taken ten days to get here, and you um, managed not to say. That's brilliant. And I managed not to say last week, but then obviously last week when we recorded the episode, this was already on the way, and we had the whole incident about Mr. Kim Jong Un. So then I've gone and made the Mr. Tickle and Mr. Kim Jong Un book. So now we're inundated with like <laughs> Mr. Men books <laughs> to read, Mr. Moron so, books. Yeah, so at some point, well, we can do one of them today if you want. Um, I don't advise we do two. And then maybe next season we can do the other one. Um, you know, <laughs> save episode it. one. Keep, keep the listeners in suspense for whatever we choose not to do. Um, yeah. Or, 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 or is it weird if, we, if I sit here and read a Mr. Man book? Is that odd? I, like, is, mate, is that I, good quality content? I'm not sure. Well, so far, I don't think we've necessarily been the best judge of good quality content. We usually find out afterwards whether it was good quality content, like when we're yeah, doing true. it. So maybe we just go for it. I mean, looking at now, I've just got your face with the tagline at the bottom, which is <laughs> Travis Pepper and the silly birthday. So it's quite, yeah. it's quite a moment. I don't think you can not Shall I read, read it? it. Yeah, go on. Let's read it. Okay. <clears throat> I'll whip through and, um, yeah, hopefully this will be uh, fairly decent content. For Hold on, wait a minute. Day you, Before we go on, to this, yes. it took you two hours to read Mr. Tickle. No, well, that was <laughs> that, just me playing into the morning. But it did take, do you know what? It probably took me two and a half hours because I was so pissed off with the fact that the sun wasn't in the right place in the sky. I'm imagining so, you getting annoyed. Um, so you got annoyed at the sun being in the wrong place for the sky. So mm-hmm. I'm imagining you going outside and standing outside looking at the sun for the rest of the day to make sure that you've got proof staring just just like <laughs> yep knew it <laughs> i should i should have taken photographs and made sure um yeah more but, evidence okay here we go let's try to uh whip through this i've as i say i've not read it so i've not had time to analyze it um there's quite a few fucking pages but anyway we'll get through uh, Trav, we can cut it out if it's fucking too long because <laughs> I'm concerned by the size of this book. Um, so here we are, Maybe ladies we do and gentlemen. Different late, parts, if not. late on a Monday night is your rendition of Travis Pepper and the Silly Birthday narrated by your lovable moron. So Travis Pepper and the Silly Birthday by Roger Hardgreaves. One morning, Travis Pepper was woken up by a tapping sound. It was still very early. <laughs> <laughs> tap 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 came the noise again there was somebody tapping at the window travis pepper got out of bed to see what was going on and uh, there the picture is travis pepper sitting in bed with his alarm clock next to him um <laughs> i can't see what the time is but it looks like the time is either 12 half past 12 or 6 in the morning anyway he's tapping on the window oh god this is good 
Hello, Travis Pepper. I'm Little Miss Birthday, said Little Miss Birthday. That's a bit (laughs) pathetic, obviously. And I'm Mr. Birthday, said Mr. Birthday. Fantastic. Um, We have a birthday party to organise today. Would you be able to help us? I'm afraid we're in a bit of a hurry. Travis Pepper could not believe what they had... What? Travis Pepper could not believe what they had said and agreed to help straight away. Okay, so he he can't believe it. Um, Very in character so far. They all climbed into Mr. Birthday's car and set off. So there's Mr. What was her, what was her name? Mrs. Little Birthday. Miss Birthday. Little Miss Birthday. And Mr. Birthday have come to wake Travis Pepper up. And they're basically a blue and a pink square and not too much going on. Uh, your first job, Travis Pepper, is to bake a cake, <laughs> said Little Miss Birthday. But but Travis Pepper did not know how to bake a cake. He, need, he needs... Who's the baker? Travis Cooker. He needs Travis Cooker. Yeah, Travis Cooker's the, the one you need to get in. <laughs> Don't worry, said Mr. Birthday. You have somebody to help you. Look, here we are. And where they were was at Mr. Messi's house. So they've gone to Mr. Messi's house, um, which is run down. It's derelict. Mm -hmm. There's some shrapnel. Um, What is, what is, do you know what's wrong about that illustration that I can notice straight away? Look at Mr. Birthday's hat. There is no way that that is not hitting the roof. Yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. And they've just uh, driven through his garden. So... So Mr. Messi is inside. Hello, said Mr. Messi. Do you like cake? Yes, said Travis Pepper, especially birthday cake. I love upside down cake. Upside down on the floor cake, that is, said Mr. Messi. Let's get baking. That's hilarious. What a mess the kitchen was in, even before they began. But it was nothing compared to the mess that was left when they'd finished baking the cake. Travis Pepper and Mr. Messi were covered in egg, flour, and sugar icing. So there's you and Mr. <laughs> you and Mr. Messi. You can take that. You can take that whatever way you want. The icing looks a I bit mean, suspicious. Yeah, is all I'm going to say. Um, so so far, Travis Pepper's woken up. He's been to Mr. Messi's house to bake a cake, and the cake did not look much better either. In fact, Travis Pepper thought it was the oddest cake ever. There, Did said I? Mr. Messi. Per- yeah, apparently so. Oddest yeah. cake. There, said Mr. Messi. It's perfect. But the icing and the candles are all in the middle of the cake, said Travis Pepper. That's just <laughs> silly. But that's the whole idea, Mr. Messi replied. So there's your cake. And you've got like sponge on the top, sponge at the bottom, icing in the middle. Instead, and, of, um, instead of jam, I've got candles. You've got candles sticking out the sides. Yeah. Do you know what, mate? Fuck if this is not quality content. You're enjoying this so much. I can see by your little face <laughs> that it's worth it. Um, uh, little Miss Little Miss Birthday arrived to collect Travis Pepper and the cake. Right. Now we need to buy the present, said Little Miss Birthday. So they drove right. to the pet shop. I was what? thinking... I was thinking something like that would be perfect, said Little Miss Birthday pointing to a huge elephant outside the pet shop. What pet shop? (laughs) A pet elephant? What a silly present, exclaimed Travis Pepper. But that's the whole idea, Little Miss Birthday said. So now you've been caught. You don't look too, you look a little bit perplexed there. To Um, be honest, I didn't expect there to be an elephant at the pet store. So there's an elephant at the pet store. So, so far we've woken up. We've baked a cake and there's an elephant that now has Travis at the pet store. <laughs> Travis Pepper's, so we're about, oh, we're about halfway through. Travis Pepper's <laughs> next job was was wrapping the elephant. Fucking, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, so guess who they guess who they got to help them Mr. wrap Tickle? the elephant? Mr. Tickle. He's got the, the arms, arms for it. 
Oh. And he's got the geezer's got the arms for wrapping an elephant. I tell you that. Mr. Tickle's long arms came very useful when uh-huh. he stopped tickling Travis Pepper. Oh. And soon the elephant was wrapped. So you got a little tickle first. Classic tickle. Jeez. What is he there, like? There, that looks great, said Mr. Tickle. It looks silly to me, said Travis Pepper, staring at the elephant wrapped in green paper with a big purple bow. But that's the whole idea, said Mr. Tickle. Right. Time to blow up some balloons. So there's you and Mr. Tickle. You're on a ladder. Yeah. yeah. With Mr. Tickle's and hand running up my leg. Yep. That's with Mr. One. Tickle's hand running up your leg and the <laughs> elephant is all wrapped up. So mm-hmm. Mr. Tickle took Travis Pepper to Little Miss Scatterbrain's cottage. Can you help blow up these balloons, Little Miss Scatterbrain? Asked Travis Pepper. Between them, they blew up hundreds of balloons. Now we need to get these to the village hall, said Little Miss Scatterbrain. But Miss Scatterbrain, why didn't we blow them up at the hall, Travis Pepper said. That's so silly. But that's the whole idea. Off we go, she replied. So it's basically a bird in loads of balloons. So. Right. (laughs) Okay. So they drove the balloons to the village hall. Uh And there's a car with loads of balloons. Some of them are Driving them to the village. Yeah. Some of them are coming off the, the roof of the car. What a busy day, said Mr. Birthday, who met them when they arrived at the hall. Right, Travis Pepper, could you please draw a frog on this sheet of paper for the (laughs) pin the tail game, he asked. So we're now playing pin the tail on the frog. (laughs) But frogs don't have tails, said Travis Pepper. That's just plain silly. But that's the whole idea, Mr. Birthday replied. So Travis Pepper drew a picture of a frog. Now, there's a theme here, isn't there? (laughs) This silly is the whole idea or whatever. We'll go into the semantics afterwards, but there you are. That's mm-hmm. you painting drawing a frog. a frog. I'm so pleased with the design that I've made for you. By the way, it's fantastic. <laughs> I should have had a then, yellow top ready or something. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Um, then lots of p- people began to arrive to help finish off the preparations for the party. Little Miss Neat bought a plate of spaghetti sandwiches. Mr. Small <laughs> bought a giraffe-shaped <laughs> jelly. And Little Miss Helpful bought broccoli-flavoured ice cream. Oh, and there they are. Oh, a little bit like the Three Wise Men. Yeah. With their, with their, with their gifts. It, the Three Wise Mr. Men. Maybe you know, slightly Christmas. more traumatising, though. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> We're nearly there, people. Hold with us. Finally, the birthday guest of honour arrived. I'm sure you can guess by now whose party it was. That's right. It's Mr. Silly. <laughs> That's why everything was silly. There we go. We've oh, got an answer to that cliffhanger. So it was Mr. Silly's party that he was for. It. Oh, that okay. Spent. So it's Travis Pepper doing the. Ah, okay. Makes sense. And what a party it was. They played a very short game of pin the tail on the frog because nobody knew where the tail should go. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a fair point. Everyone, everyone said how much they liked Travis Pepper's frog picture. So there you are. Your pictures made it on the wall, Travis. Nice. Happy with that. Chuffed a bit. (laughs) They played a very long game of musical chairs. With one extra chair. So they had an extra chair, so there's two. So many it just chairs kept going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're all still going round. Um and the party was a huge success. 
Oh, you're not going to uh-huh. believe this is the kicker. I wish my best friend, Luke the Moron, was here, said Travis Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Then we could enjoy this silly party together. Silly, said Mr. Silly. Whatever is silly about this party. And then it ends. So I don't get to feature much. You don't even even turn up. (laughs) No. You just say you wish I was there to join you. Um. Whatever is silly about this party. So there you are. That is the story wow. of Travis Pepper and the beautifully red as well. Day. Thank you. Um, I now need to blow my nose after all that excitement. Oh, classic! Wow. Well, I guess I guess we need to dive into it a little bit. Really, I think what, the, ca- the story. Yeah, I think the character writing was pr- pretty good. Apart from, I, I think Travis Pepper would have cottoned on. A bit earlier about the uh, silly theme, I think. You know, okay. Yeah. You think that you would have been smart enough to? I think from maybe the first or second moment where they go, that's the that's the whole point. I think I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you get I'm it you. then? Because I didn't. I hadn't clocked on. Well, I think I've I would have at least known to stop asking questions <laughs> by that point. Right, okay. <laughs> stop questioning the, the silliness. Yeah, Yeah. They obviously didn't want me to That's keep fair. asking questions. But, wow. I mean, <laughs> I was not And on the whole, this. the illustration, yeah. <laughs> I like doing silly things like this without telling you. I'm like, he'll love it. Um, <laughs> you do have on the one. whole, the, um, on the whole, the artwork is pretty solid. The only thing I would say that gets me is the hat. The hat and the car. Mr. Burt. That yeah, should be poking out the top. hat in the car it should be poking out the top, but it's not. Um, oh, but there man. we go. So we've had way too much Mr. Men stuff. Um, we don't have time for Mr. Tickle and Mr. Kim Jong-un. So That's hopefully right. at some point we will get to do that. Um, I'd love to, re- I'd, I'd we- love to read uh, Mr. Tickle and Mr. Com- Kim Jong-un. Yeah, I think that would be nice. What, now, we don't have time now, do no, we? No, no, not today. Not today. We'll do, oh, I'll do it another okay. time. We'll... Well, yeah, remind me. I'll keep well, the PowerPoint. Wait a minute. Isn't it the finale next week? See, that's what I was going to talk to you about, the finale next week. Yeah. So how are we going to run the finale next week? Because obviously last time I had a great time just of just abuse, yeah, abusing <laughs> you and choosing the highlights. What's the theme going to be? Are we going to... Well, we have a so here's what to I'm, finish as well for it. Here's what I'm thinking though, right? I would like to do for our finale of season two that we have a discussion on the podcast of our, you know, we can fight it out live of what our most inspirational person is, best thing to watch, best thing to listen to, best thing to read. We can have that conversation (laughs) live from the podcast, I think. We already had one episode where we, we had an argument by the end. Yeah, Yeah, that was last week. Do you know what? Usually... When I finished the podcast, I'm in like real good spirits and I'm like, oh, that was awesome. And I finished last week. I was like, do you know what? Fuck him. Fuck this podcast. Like, fuck everything. <laughs> um, you messaged me before I went to bed. I texted so you. You said, yeah. um, what is it you said? I don't know. We, we te- I we don't want to go to bed fighting with you. Yeah, That's what yeah, I said. Yeah, you, I said, said so <laughs> you said, are you, are you upset with me? Um, <laughs> wait a minute. When was it? Back oh, on the dear. 12th. Let's go. Let's go back. I can get the messages. God, we talk a lot, don't we? Yeah, we do talk a lot, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about... Um, oh, because <laughs> I sent you a clip as well. 
which I said was because uh, I was editing the podcast and because um, mm-hmm. we were d- discussing how gutted we were, um, what well, I was, that the album didn't um, make it in. So I sent you a clip and you can actually hear the moment where <laughs> where my heart, my heart breaks in the... You just hear my yeah, voice just like that. Oh, oh okay. really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. You're, yeah. you, you're like, you'll have lots to say about this track, I'm sure. And I was like, <laughs> nah, not really. And you're like, oh. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So, so you uh, you sent me your stuff over, and then you said, um, "Travis, will everything be okay? Are you sleeping now, Travis? I feel bad. We can't go to bed fighting <laughs> like this. I want you to go to sleep smiling like Mister Tickle, <laughs> waking yourself up with your own little laugh, not fighting like this." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I like the way you portrayed my voice then. So. It was nothing like you at all, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't anything like me at all. Um, but yeah, I said no, I'd go, go to I'd go to sleep smiling, thinking of you. So we were, we were oh, all good. We were it was all good. all good in the end. So yeah, I didn't enjoy fighting last week. Um, I uh, so he, so hear me out. I think we should do next week the um, most like our favorite watch, our favorite listen read, and most inspirational person. Mm-hmm. I also think that we need to have a showdown in Travis Pepper versus The Rack. I mean, we've got one album to do this week, technically. Um, and then it's... And, th- and then I think I've got an al- I've got another album right. from The Rag, but I think you should give me one. Oh, I think God. we should do two out al- two albums next week, and then right. it's like the fun the finale the finale 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 of uh, a grand finale of Travis Pepper versus the rag. So we've got two albums and then we need to discuss the most inspirational things. We can do the book if you want, but Mm -hmm. I think that they're two things that should happen next week. We should close off Travis Pepper versus the rag. And then we should have a discussion on air of our summary of what we think has been the most valuable things Mm -hmm. and takeaways. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. And I've, I've got something for, uh, for us to do in between seasons as well. I've got a book recommendation that I think would be good for us. And talking of book recommendations, people send us your books this week. So we can put, gonna, so we can put them on the spinner. A big spinner. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do a new big spinner. So if you're listening and you've got a book recommendation, WhatsApp, Instagram, post. <laughs> we'll be posting via Luke, pigeon. We'll be posting Luke's uh, WhatsApp on the Instagram so everyone can have it. Yeah. Yeah, so. No one texts me anyway, so it might make a change to my week. Um, mate, how bad is this? Po- <laughs> how bad is this podcast so far? All we've done is we've re- we've read a Mister Man book that I had made for you, and then we've planned what we're going to do <laughs> next week. <laughs> like, that is not that is That's not, not professional content. No, it's so That's not bad. But I hope you enjoyed it, people. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be hard then, to follow we, that. And we now know, oh, mate, when it came through in the post, I was like, yes, that is genius. Um, now, the final thing is we've got that Zoom call tomorrow. Are you going to turn up to that? Yeah. Tomorrow at five o'clock. So to explain to people, uh, Travis and I have signed up. We, we, we've, we uh, through social media, have connected with somebody uh, whose handle is the Podcasting Business School, correct? Or yay or nay? Oh, look it up while she's giving more details. Yeah. 
he does something to do with podcasting anyway. And he's like, hey, Travis and the moron, you're hilarious, which obviously, you know, goes, <laughs> goes without saying. <laughs> um, and he's invited us to his podcaster meetup. So tomorrow night, when you're listening to this on Wednesday, we we will have already done it. But next week, we'll be able to tell you what happened. And Travis and I are going to turn up to some online Zoom podcast meetup. We have, we have tomorrow, no idea what Tuesday. what what it. Absolutely what we're getting in for, no. you know. So no. we might meet, we might make more lifelong friends like um, Gillian. Gillian, Gillian Rose. Rose. Yeah. So I think maybe. we're going to end up with a lot of really kind of serious podcasting people that are very professional and very, very value adding and industry experts and thought leaders. And then there's going to be us. To be honest, if um, we could record it and use a snippet, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a moment where... I don't know. Someone says something really interesting, really profound, and you just go, oh. "Nah, rubbish." <laughs> and I'll be there going, "Oh, they're oh, talking about God. their content," and I'll be like, "I read this book on our <laughs> on our podcast episode yesterday." Travis Pepper and the Silly Birthday. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mate. Should we do some? Should we do some actual? I think we like, should do some. Content. Should we do some shit that we're here to do? Um, We've got three things today. So oh, can we can we just do two? What? I busted my ass to get one of them ready. Okay, three things, three things. Three things. <clears throat> Let's go. Okay. Um, so we have an album, we have a movie, and we have, well, we have an episode of a TV series because I only managed to do right. one anyway. Um, Who did you go for, Jill? No, I went for Patrick because... I'm, Patrick? Because I'm big, quite a fan of uh, Serena Williams. And also... <laughs> I've been, you know, you know how random we were talking about random YouTube uh, recommendations when we went over the social media dilemma and stuff like that and how you can end up going down a tunnel. Well, rabbit yeah. Rabbit hole. Yeah. You can well, end up going down a massive rabbit hole. Yeah. Mine was randomly, t- the other week was randomly tennis videos. I, I, for some reason I was watching the like top 10 biggest rivalries in tennis. And then I realized that I've never really sat down and watched tennis. So what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and so uh, yeah, yeah, that's weird. I wouldn't have thought of you as being somebody that is into tennis anyway. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, so the, what we're talking about is uh, a TV series on Netflix called The Playbook. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. We've also got the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, which you watched uh, as our movie, and then Rainbow Valley that's what you think. by um, Matt Corby. Uh, so should we start with the playbook? Yeah, do it. Okay. So basically, um, I, cause I watched this today, basically. So I jumped into this series. I'm not entirely sure. Wasn't entirely sure what it was about, but basically it seems to be, uh, these professional, um, coaches of athletes and, and, and sports people alike and talking about their techniques and actually giving, some actually quite objective feedback on how people should be coaching. Uh, so uh, just to, just to expand on that. Yeah. The series is called the playbook, a, a coach's rules for life. Oh my God. It's kicking off in my head. Um, it, it's called, it's, it's the playbook, a coach's rules for life. So when you're saying about expanding on those, mm-hmm. what you're talking about is their rules for life. I think they give like each coach gives like three, four, five rules for life. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> we had, uh, yeah, the five episodes, each of them about 30 minutes long, and each of these coaches have uh, coached quite some, some quite big names. And the one I tuned into... And you couldn't be bothered to watch two. And they're only half an hour each. Well, it was half an hour, I, I, and I then we started shooting fucking, this podcast. <laughs> I had to sit through two hours of Budapest, and you couldn't do one hour of coaches' rules for life. Go on. What have you got? What have I you got? got? Have you got any notes? Did, did you enjoy anything at all? I enjoyed done it. anything this week? I, 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 really, I, I, I really enjoyed this, and I will go and watch the okay, rest. Cool. Um, yeah. So... I guess it's already kind of uh, a recommendation. But yeah, so <clears throat> this guy is called uh, Patrick Moratoglu. Moratoglu? I struggled last week. I struggled with names full stop. Yeah. Uh, I don't he, know. He is, uh, he's uh, from uh, France, a uh, French coach. And um, <clears throat> he's best known for being Serena Williams' uh, coach. Um, he partnered with Serena Williams after she had quite a big impact. She um, did a serious injury to her foot, ended up in hospital, and then proceeded to have a blood clot and was hospitalized for a couple of months. Um, did she also have a baby? Or have I made that up? <clears throat> that's at a separate time. That's, that's, even, that's impressive as well. So basically, there have been t- two seemingly significant times for Serena Williams where she, uh, yeah, she basically went away, had a baby, came back, and won another Grand Slam. Um, and so... Uh, what when this trainer, when Patrick got involved with training Serena Williams, she'd just been injured, and she um she got to the point where yeah, uh, she came back into the game quite surprisingly early. I was quite surprised uh, when they said she was mm-hmm. a couple of months out of hospital, and she was back mm-hmm. to the tournament, and she was just losing like crazy, um, which is. Not the Serena Williams that we all know. Yeah. Um, sure. And so, um, so this guy starts talking about, uh, in, in this episode, he starts talking about how he got into it. Um, before he was working with Serena Williams, he was working, uh, well, his first um, star was uh, an Australian guy. Um, and he says that when he, uh, I think it's Marcus... Marcus, Marcus Bagdadis, was it? Magdadis, Bagdadis. Yeah, so he was talking. He was talking about him to begin with. Basically, um, you know, a lot of these uh, athletes start very, very young, and you know, those that go on to become massive professional athletes are like at the top of their leagues when they're thirteen or something like that. So this is actually about the time that coaches get involved, and so he he took over. with uh, Marcus quite uh, early on, and this tennis player basically um, he it's came out of Bagdass, nowhere. Was it? Was it Bagdas? Yeah, Bagdas. Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's Cypriot. I don't know what you said. He was. You said he was Australian. He was Cypriot. I think. Oh, uh, okay. He, uh, he won the Australian Open in right. 2006. Right. That's okay. what you're thinking of. But Marcus <laughs> Bagdas. When you said Marcus Bagdas, Australian, I was like, mm, I'm going to fact check that. Thank so yeah, sorry, carry on. Him. Um, yeah, and so it was quite cool. Uh, he, um, yeah, they started training and basically he got, he, he ended up very early on in his career, just coming into the, I think it was the Australian Open without, he didn't have a world placement. So all the professional, the big professional tennis players have a world ranking and they have a, mm-hmm. a seat. 
And basically he had none, but he was making it to like the quarterfinals, his first go. Um, he then proceeded to win um, the Australian Open. And Sorry, runner-up. My bad. <laughs> We're so bad. 2006 runner-up I've got. Did he, he, he won something and when he won, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, I saw him holding up a trophy, so. Yeah, you get what you get, you get one for second place though. Ah, oh, okay. Fair enough. Basically he, 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 I'll, I'll do some digging. Uh, Marcus, he got to the point where he considered himself one of the best and that's when they started to have a bit of a, a falling out with uh, the training methods uh, and um, they separated. But then Patrick went on to then continue to coach and he eventually ended up uh, coaching Serena Williams. And he always wanted to coach Serena Williams. Like from the beginning of his, uh, his coaching career, he was like, yeah, Serena Williams is someone that I want to be coaching, which is quite cool because eventually he got round to it. And so he has um, uh, five rules, all of which I've forgotten. So, oh, I was going to say that's the most important part. Yeah, like, what are the five rules? You've spoken about that. What the the episode is, but it'd be nice to know what his five rules are. So, so one of them was that you can all. Um, well, the one that actually stood out to me is um, the don't let your emotions. Uh, get in the way. So mm -hmm. separate this. Um, your another one was his. Um, your greatest weakness can be your greatest strength, uh, because mm -hmm. he was a very very introverted person during a young age, and during his big introvert stages, he would just observe how people interacted, and that ended up becoming quite a big skill of his because he could he would just sit and he would read body language to see how people were responding when they're on the field, when they're on the playing field and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, which was quite cool. Um, but one of the other points in the episode, which I found quite interesting, which I'd like to get your take on as well is, yeah, so Serena just got back into the game. Um, and she was, uh, it's the point where she wasn't really coming up to the net to okay. return any. Yeah, of I, know where you, I know where you're going. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically he, what was happening was Serena Williams was setting up these shots. And when you, um, when you deliver powerful short shots in tennis and they get returned, they're going to be either, they're going to be uh, from close to the net and they're going to be d delivered with a lot of power. So in order to respond, you've got to go and meet that person at the net so that you can, uh, get the ball wherever it's going to go. But she wasn't confident. She back, wasn't, basically. she wasn't going for it. Um, mm -hmm. And so basically she was, she was failing at all of these and uh, the, the coach was trying to work out what the best thing to say was, what, what to do. And what he mm -hmm. went on to do uh, was mm -hmm. he went up to her and said, um, whenever you go to go up to the net, I relax because mm -hmm. I know you're going to, you'll, you'll be fine. And mm -hmm. she was like, what were you on about? And he goes, well, you know, 80% of the time you're returning and yeah, so I'm not worried about that. And he started talking about other things and she mm -hmm. was like, what? Like, really? Like, it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like it. And he goes, well, I don't know what you're feeling, but that's what the numbers say. So yeah, it's not, it's fine. And of course that wasn't true. That wasn't true at mm -hmm. all. Like she wasn't doing this at all. The statistic wasn't true, was it? No. Yeah. But the next day she came out and 
made the statistic true. So she started doing what he said that she was already doing and succeeding mm -hmm. at, and she then started performing at that. And so mm -hmm. I was there like, ooh. So he told a little fib there, didn't he? He told a little fib, yeah. yeah. It's a double-edged sword because <clears throat> I, I do believe... As well. I believe in like mindset. You know, your mindset has got to be in the right place for you to achieve anything. I'm always like the first stage to success is believing and then you move forward from there. Um, so I do get what he's done to, to try and change her mindset. However, mm. obviously the tricky card he's played is that he's lied to her. So if that doesn't work and, you know, for him, it worked fine because it lifted her confidence and then she started winning the shots at the net and mm -hmm. you know, everything went to plan. But if that doesn't work for you, I think the one risk that you run is you break the trust. And if the trust breaks, then you're kind of in trouble. Um, because I think obviously trust is key in those types of relationships. Mm. So you're, I, I would, if you can, like, I don't know. I think the best way to play it is to try and find a way to get somebody to believe without lying to them. Do you know what I mean? Get their headspace in the right place, but not tell them a bullshit lie. Um, well, what if there is nothing that you can say, you know? I mean, that's obviously up to you, what you, what you think. Because mm -hmm. uh, he's the professional here. So he's the, uh, he's the coach. So, yeah, yeah. so it, to be honest, but he, he also admitted like, um, fault. Um, but he had to, he, he said, if he ever believed that he had to do something, then he had to do it. Cause he said, mm -hmm. um, never, his second rule was never be afraid of getting fired. And so it, what that rule was saying was just like, you, you, you can't, you can't sugarcoat anything for them. And mm -hmm. then he goes and like, pulls this kind of says something different um than what he'd been saying before but i think it's i think it still kind of applies in a way so he knew that it was a risk and if he'd got it wrong then he'd have been in trouble like he would have been a failure like if he fucked up uh with serena williams's career he said his coaching career would be over and um mm -hmm. yeah he it was because he was willing to take that risk so she could do it um, which was, mm -hmm. which is quite interesting. I think he thought it was a gamble, but he was confident that that was the right thing to do. So mm -hmm. obviously I'm not a coach, so I can't even say whether that that's something that works with all people or whether there is something, um, that someone else, uh, lots of coaches know about or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, just just quite interesting, and you know, as you said yeah, before, you're a very very honest honest person. You don't you don't believe in I try lying to be. too. But that's that's what he said. Another thing, he was like, "Was it a lie? Was it the truth? It's not the point. It's not about the truth. Whether it's a truth or a lie, the point mm -hmm. was the results." Yeah, that was that was yeah, yeah and it works for him there. Mm -hmm. This uh, obviously this was your homework. I should have watched it back to be able to kind of chime in a bit more, but. Does he, is his first rule something to do with like repetition? Because I think I can remember him having a rule that's like he talks about the piano and it. So the thing, the thing with the repetition is he's saying that in order to get something perfect, you need to repeat it. Repeating stuff mm -hmm. is boring, so only mm -hmm. champions are going to do the repetition. So repetition is essential, and only certain people will be willing to do that. 
um, mm-hmm. enough. Um, I've, I, I've got the rules up as well. So the first one was the greatest weakness. Rule two was never be afraid to get fired like we just discussed. Rule number three is uh, mistakes are inevitable, but don't let them define you. Because he, um, he started talking about throwing games. Um, and now the only time okay. that yeah, I've yeah. Uh, looked into the idea of throwing games and stuff like that was when we read the alter ego effect back in season one. And yep. so I was thinking like, oh, is he going to create in season one? Is he going to create <laughs> an alter ego days. or something like that? And yeah, it, yeah, yeah. he, he, he didn't, um, but he, um, he, he talks about a very, very young French tennis player who, um, basically the mindset that people get in is that if you start losing, you have talent and you are one of the most talented people if you're playing tennis at Wimbledon. Mm. But if mm-hmm. you start losing, then you that's basically you going, maybe you aren't as talented. So mm. you start to throw the game and what your mind does is go, well, if, it, if I don't care about the game, then I haven't really lost, have I? Yeah. And so you yeah, start making yeah, up these yeah, excuses. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's clever. And so, but what, what he did was when he sat down with this, this girl who was basically throwing every game where, um, because of in this insecurity, I mean, I, I guess she was like, she was number one in her age group when she was 13. So obviously moving up to more, um, more difficult, uh, territory. Senior. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be nerve wracking and it is going to be difficult mm-hmm. and you might not be number one. Um, but yeah. his, 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 the way he dealt with that was, um, uh, he got her to tell him what happened when she was on the court. And um, mm-hmm. instead of uh, getting upset with her or anything, he said, okay, I've let you down. That's my fault. That's all my fault. And she was so taken aback with it that he was accepting responsibility for it, that it kind of realigned why she was doing it. Um, and so she was no longer throwing the she no longer threw the game was because she was not caring about the game she didn't want to let him down as a coach yeah yeah okay, and, yeah, and so she she, she never he th- would take the responsibility of the loss right? exactly and so she yeah. never threw a game Clever. again and so yeah, i thought yeah, that was yeah. quite interesting because we had the two ways that we just um that i've witnessed throwing a game which is you know how the well how to cope with it like in the alter ego effect but then this was another way of dealing with it which was very very cool um, rule number four, uh, emotions are the worst advisors. Um, amen. That's why you only need one. Yeah. Don't worry with any, <laughs> as long as you got one emotion, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> yeah. And so that's when he talked about how, uh, Marcus, uh, basically got full of himself, uh, thought that he knew, r- rode the high of winning, uh, whatever he won or whatever he came second in. And uh, decided that he knew it all and he didn't need to do anything else. And um, uh, yeah, rule number five, which I think is more relevant for uh, why um, people tank, um, which is let them know that they're not alone, which is what he did for them. Um, Oh, and there's a sixth rule, which is a good lie can become the truth, which is, again, we've just discussed that, whether that's a good idea, whether it's not. Um, It all seems to depend on perspective really as well um what the actual end goal is and what you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. i don't think in every day in life uh, lying to people to get them to do things well is a good thing but maybe it's a whole different ball game when you're playing with the elite mm-hmm. of the elite so yeah, maybe not recommended 
It's yeah. good. It's a good. It's a shame you didn't get to watch more because there's some good ones. Um, yeah. Well, like I recommend bears. people check it out. Um, yeah, definitely. Like I really like if if you're a football fan, they've got Jose Mourinho on there. So he's obviously ex Chelsea boss and current Spurs boss. Um, mm-hmm. He's been around a few places, isn't he? Inter, Man, Man United. <laughs> obviously a huge. Um, success in the coaching world. So they've got one episode on Jose Mourinho, which is 35 minutes. Jill Ellis is the coach that took the USA's uh, uh, international team to winning two World Cups. Um, she's on there. A guy called Doc Rivers, who's on there. He was a, He's a basketball coach who took the Boston Celtics to win the NBA. And mm-hmm. uh, then there's a, there's a lady called Dawn Staley, um, who, to be honest, I didn't really know as well. That's probably my least favorite one, the last one. Um, mm. but any of the first four I would highly recommend they're 35 minutes which is easy and short to get your head around so basically there's no fucking excuse why you can't have done more than one but here we are so <laughs> we just have to deal we just have to deal with well, what we I knew I was only going to do one and so I don't know much about sport anyway so I kind of picked yeah. the ones which I knew the little bits about so I, I picked that one you knew and that I they did. had rackets and balls that's I what you knew, knew that. <laughs> and I knew Serena Williams is very, very successful. Oh. So that's basically oh, she, it. Very, very good. Serena Williams wins. Serena um, Williams is very good, very good at tennis. And yeah, I think so that's cool. um, to, to segue into the film that you recommended me to watch this week, um, I only watched half of it because I couldn't be bothered to watch the other half. And uh, <laughs> I thought I'd only do half of the homework that you set me. Um, God. God, <laughs> because I just couldn't be fucked to do the rest. No, no, no. Should we do the? Should we do the film? We might as well do the film, aren't we? Now I've made a summer. Go dance on about then. It. <laughs> I was milking you, child. Um, no, any uh, opportunity to, um, I guess, sit on a pedestal or on the high horse and gallop yeah. around. Yeah, I'm. 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 I, I realised like I shouldn't text you if I'm not in the same mood as you. So I remember this. Why? Because I week. just zero sympathy comes back. So, zero sympathy, and I was like, <laughs> I wasn't even after sympathy. I was, I was after game plan. Like, what can we do? And it's like, nope, not on that page either. So, uh, ne- oh, you when, should have when, asked me. I, when I'm in, if you asked me for a game plan, I'd have given you a game plan. Okay. Well, ne- I, I usually I thought to myself, I can't talk to Luke unless it's like trumpets mood. So I need to, I need more trumpets to be able to uh, get the best. But uh, so, <clears throat> movie, movie, Grand Budapest Grand Hotel. Budapest Hotel. This is yep. fucking weird. This film, isn't it? <laughs> it's a Wes Anderson <laughs> film. He's a director and writer who's known for being a bit weird. Um, yeah. Do you want you want me to do a bit of an intro of it? In a way please yeah that would help me out <laughs> okay so that would help me out if you could do my homework for me because i'm looking at my notes and everything is not going to help anybody that wants to watch it so please just do like the <laughs> do the professional bit first and then okay. i'll give my two pence so grand, Bud- grand budapest hotel is comedy drama um it's set in a hotel in budapest where we follow um a uh, a maitre d a concierge concierge what's a maitre d i have no idea <laughs> i've no idea what you're is about um, maitre d maitre d is something like that maitre d maitre d here we are 
Maitre d'. Oh, I must have spelled that wrong. <laughs> ah, it's the per- it's the person in charge of a restaurant. So I was close. <laughs> okay. All yeah. Right. Well, there's a restaurant so, in the in, in the hotel. The, so close. The geezer from um, Fred. Fred from First Dates. You know Fred, the Frenchman. Oh right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah He's okay. a maitre d. He's a maitre d. Uh, yeah, okay. I think I, to be honest, I need to look into the maitre d myself. Maybe we can come back next week. He's with in a charge bit more. of a restaurant. He's in charge of a restaurant. He's okay. the guy that stands at the front and he's like welcoming them in to the first dates. And then he's a maitre d. But anyway, okay. concierge. Concierge <laughs> works. So, yeah. Uh, so, this is uh, Ralph Fiennes. So, there's a lot of celebrities in this. Like, you've got Ralph Fiennes, Jeff Goldblum, Ed Norton, Tilda Swinton, William Defoe, um, Jude Law. Oh yeah, so please Jude. Te- so yeah, it's, please it's, tell it's, me Jude Laws in it because yeah. that's the only one I spotted. <laughs> if I've got that wrong, yeah. So so the the movie the movie is from the point of view of Jude Law, who's visiting, and it's uh, he ends up talking to Zero Zero Mustafa, mm-hmm. who uh, tells about how he joined the Grand Budapest Hotel as a bellhop, and he it fo- he then follows the story of Monsieur Gustave H, who is the renowned concierge of the Grand Budapest Hotel. And he follows all of the shenanigans that they get up to um, at the time. It's set around just before World War One, Just as it's kicking off. 1934, yeah. I want to say it's set. Oh, so it might be World War Two. Which is World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, yeah, so so it, technically the, the story's told from 1968 and it goes back and talks about... Um, the 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 main story which happens just before the war mm-hmm. so and over to me over to um, you i mean I don't, I don't have more without just telling the story really yeah well no because the, the story the story is weird because like you start and it's like okay you're in the hotel and within the opening 10 minutes the thing was like He's he's getting sucked off by pensioners. Basically, is that that's what I picked up from the opening ten minutes, right? <laughs> Which he is, isn't he? There's a lot more saggy tits and old ladies sucking penises in this film than I was expecting. I just wasn't like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I wasn't I wasn't expecting that because the concierge bloke, Monsieur Gustave, Monsieur Gustave, Monsieur Gustave, Monsieur Gustave. He's basically sleeping with the ladies, if you like, that come to stay at the hotel. And he creates relationships with them where they basically come back to see him, fall in love with him. And there's all these, well, not all these cutscenes. There's a couple of... There's a little montage. Saggy boobs. Yeah. And an old lady You don't, you don't see knees. any actual sa- saggy boobs. You see saggy boobs. Do promise you? you. 100%. Mate, uh, mate I would know. Ob- obviously, it wasn't the boobs. highlight for me. Uh, I saw saggy tits, a hundred percent. There was, uh, there was. I, I knew that they were, they were in bed together, and the bed cover is down, and you see right saggy okay. breasts. Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting here thinking, where the fuck is this film going? Because basically, at the moment, he's touching old ladies, right? So I was mm-hmm, like, okay, mm-hmm. not sure where this story setting is going. Setting the scene, obviously, yeah, yeah. But what setting the scene for what? Oh. Like love, actually. It's not, it's not, is it? It's not love, actually. Um, <laughs> and there's lots of, so I noticed very early on, there's lots of nice colours. 
So I like mm-hmm. the colours of the hotel and the colours of the uniforms and stuff. This Lots is the nice visual equivalent of having some horns in the song. It's like, eh, yeah, bright it's colours, nice <laughs> isn't it? It's a little bit like Alice in Wonderland style. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? The way that the characters are and the colours and everything's set up. It's got that kind yep. of like psychedelic style. Like you could sit and watch it on acid and probably have a really good time. Um so he's there with the old ladies. There's lots of colours. The other thing is there's the, it's it's one of those films where you know where you know where people overcompensate on language? Like that's what I struggled with because they say things in such eloquent ways that I'm just like, oh, I get lost. You know, like So when you say saying, people overcompensate mm, with yeah. language, you're saying your language is underdeveloped, maybe. <laughs> No, but no, that's no, because who says like, there's a scene when he's like, and then the blossom of the night came down and our eyes locked upon them. And you know, when it's all like, there's just too many words in there. Poetry. That's what you're talking about. Basically, you could say she looks fit, but they don't say she looks fit. They say like the sun and the stars aligned and I looked into her eyes and there's all these fancy words that I don't understand. So there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of (laughs) colours going on. There's a lot of old ladies with saggy tits and um, yeah, saggy tits basically. It's nice. Um, Right up your street so far. Nice. So, so far I'm I'm into the colours. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You then learn that Mr. Gustav, he's having a conversation with this bird, uh, bird, old lady that comes to visit. Um, and she leaves and she's like, I'm worried this is the last time I'm ever going to see you again. And he's like, no, it's fine. You'll see me again soon. Off she pops. And um, she basically dies. Yeah, and off and she pops, yeah. Basically. Off, she, off, she, <laughs> off she pops. So the old lady pops her clogs and Monsieur Gustav ends up, Monsieur Gustav, he <laughs> ends up in the will. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. So he gets called out to her house. He goes and sees her in a coffin. Um, there, there is a scene before that where he says that he's repulsed by her nail varnish, and that absolutely cracked me. <laughs> you know, when she, she's changed the colour of her nail varnish, and he's like, it absolutely repulses me. I was like, That's, that, that, that tickled me. <laughs> she's dead as well. He's like looking in the. No, 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 no. When, when, when she's dead, she's changed the colour. And he's oh, talking right. to the dead body and he's like, oh, you changed the color. That's much nicer. Like, uh, <laughs> but when she's still alive, he's like, it repulses me. Um, he's very flamboyant, isn't he? Old Michel Gustav. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Michel Gustav ends up in the will. You've got all the family members there who obviously don't want him to be in the will. Um, and he then, he gets a, some kind of painting called boy with apple. Um, <laughs> And the sto- he then see this is what I mean about the story. The story is bananas. So Mr. Gustav ends up running away with the boy with apple painting back to yeah. the hotel, and then they're being hunted down by the police for the murder of this old lady, basically. And it follows them trying to unravel not who killed the old lady, but who has the rights to her estate and her all of her money, basically. Yeah. That's what they try and do. Um, do you know one? Do you know one thing I did notice? I keep fiddling. I'm well fidgety today. Right. Um, do you know one thing I did notice mm-hmm. is I sometimes like to see how things link back to the podcast. Um, and you know, okay. I did it with. Um, yeah, mate, this is a sick one as well. This is okay, so cool. good. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, this is incredible. You know how I did it with um, Mr. Fan- Mr. Fantastic when? Oh my they, god! When. Captain Fantastic. I get that one. That one is ingrained in my head as Mr. Fantastic. Um, 
You're on the Mr. Men hype now. <laughs> so I did it with that. But there is a line in this film where Mr. Gustav says to Zero, you wouldn't know Chiroscuru from Chicken Giblets. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> holy fuck, that's the Ocean Alley album. How crazy it's, it's, is that? It's art. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah. Chiroscuru is about colour and stuff like that. The treatment of light and shade in drawing and pictures is what chiaroscuro means or whatever, chiaroscuro. No. Um, so, yeah, so I've got saggy tits. Oh, I'll tell you what else. So when you actually know five- the rules, it's funny. It's, it's, you, you get it. So what do you mean? know the words. When you know the words. So you were talking yeah. about how... Well, uh, I just laughed at chicken giblets, to be fair, but then <laughs> oh, I was God. like... <laughs> chicken giblets. I mean, that is the joke, so I'll give you that. <laughs> but then um, I was like, how weird is that, that the rag recommended an album, which was Chiroscuru or whatever, and that was actually referenced. What are the chances? What are the chances of that word being... I've never heard that word ever in my life until this until this season of the podcast. I've now heard it twice in the space of a month. Mate, this moron's getting mentored. Like It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that word existed, and I've seen it in a film and on an album in this... What like, like I would love to know what the odds are on that because that must be the fact that the rag has chosen that. Have you set that up on purpose? Did you know that that was in there? That I that knew. I, no, no I, I didn't pick the movie because of that. I knew I that was word. Was, I knew that word was in there as uh, when, when we were discussing it. Now, so I was like, I think it's the album. But what are the chances of that word turning up? That's mad. That was one thing that really got me. The fight scene got me as well, where they all like punch each other once and fall to the floor. That was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was like punch, oof, punch, oof, and they all fall down. Um, I've also written the the guy from Jurassic Park's in it. And for me, he's always going to be the guy from Jurassic Park. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. You know, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's always got that same voice, hasn't he? He always does the same voice. And it's like, oh, it's the bloke from Jurassic Park again. Um, yeah. And at one point I was really annoyed because... He throw the baddie throws the cat out the window. That was obviously fuming. Cat dies. You do like cats. So. Yeah. I wasn't. I well, was he is the bad that. guy. So technically, maybe you've been set up for the right response there. You know, like mm. you're not meant to like him, Luke. I don't think. Yeah. So. So anyway, Mr. Gustav steals a painting. He ends up in jail. His little bellhop. Oh no, he they, he helps him escape jail. They escape jail. They run to the mountains. They find this guy that's been hiding in the mountains. He then dies. They chase the baddie. That's quite a funny scene where they're like on the sleds and it looks yeah. like so, it looks <laughs> they, like they so use, fake. They use puppets. And, oh, it's oh, is it beautiful. puppets? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. I love that scene so much. And but they're them um, down the mountain. One of my favourite moments is because because throughout the film, um, Monsieur Good Stuff is telling Zero all about, you know, you need to improve your poetry and and the way with words. And like like you said, you wouldn't know Chiriskuru, uh from Chicken Giblets and stuff like that. And when they break him out of prison, um, he's like, he, they, they get out, uh, he finally gets out of the hole or whatever that they're escaping through. Zero's there and they're about to escape and Zero goes... <clears throat> On the night that I and he starts <laughs> just reading poetry and again uh, lots of words and 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 they're there he's appreciating it and he goes and you can just hear like the the search sirens going on in the backgrounds and he's like that, that's very good zero but I'm gonna have to stop you there we'll pick it up later thank you very much. and they just like <laughs> scatter off together it's brilliant again it's it. kind of like you and me in it really like <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks Luke um, that's very good but 
we got to escape now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> did you bring? Did you bring the clothes? Oh. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He does forget the. He does forget the disguise, doesn't he? Yeah. Um. Mm. So, like, on the whole, I sat there and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm meant to think at the end. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was with most with most films. I know I'm not the sharpest tool. But mm-hmm. with most films, I can understand where they kind of go in with it and what the message is that you're meant to receive at the end um, and kind of like be able to summarize in some kind of way what the film, what the tale is about. Yeah. But it's just madness. It's just <laughs> absolute. It's, it's colors and language and saggy tits and madness. That is my yeah. view for it. The, the only part that is quite kind of like sweet is that obviously, well, spoilers come in. I've sport it a lot already, but... Um, yeah, basically describe the whole film. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, spoilers, kid. Mr. Gustav, Mr. Gustav dies, doesn't he, at the end? And mm. he dies by sticking up for Zero, because Zero is from Indian heritage. Is he Indian, would you say? Uh, the character? Ooh. I can't remember. Some... He's an immigrant to yeah. Budapest anyway, yes, right? He's an like immigrant that's, to that's fair enough to, to say. Um and he's and he's um and he's riding on a train with Mr. Gustav, and because he's an immigrant, and only because he's an immigrant, the armed forces are trying to take him away, aren't they? And Mr. Gustav basically says, Nah, you're not I'm not you're only trying to take him away because he's an immigrant. He's not done anything wrong. He's got the right permits to work here. So there's no reason that you should be taking him off. And they kill Mr. Gustav because he's sticking up for Zero. Mm. And that's a really nice sentiment at the end, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they, they kind of keep tying it back to there's this is crazy world, but there's still some nice and there's some good in it. Um, and, and, that, and that's quite a nice little message. Uh, but apart from that, oh, it's just absolute bonkers. Um, but... <laughs> But it was enjoyable because I yeah. spent the whole time kind of going like, oh, what's going on here? Uh, got pissed off halfway through because they killed a cat. Um, but then <laughs> when I saw when I saw the little skiing puppets again, every, everything was forgiven. Um, Good. And every, everything was back to normal. There I is another funny fun. scene. There is another funny scene where he's trying to like uh, follow the trail and these like religious people keep, or people in little like outfits keep popping out and they're like, ah, oh, are you Mr. Gustav from the... Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and da 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 yes. and like it does it once and swear <laughs> yes I am and it keeps happening and keeps happening he gets to the end he's like fuck yes it's me <laughs> and that, yeah. that, that, that that tickled me I, I, um, I love him as a character he's he's, who, he's, he's Gustav yeah he's just wonderful to watch and I was trying to explain to um this is this is probably my favourite film of all time and I is it yeah and I, I could go into the details of everything, but the, the the overall thing for me is it's it's not a book adaption, it's not a sequel, it's not a prequel, it's not trying to be anything like groundbreaking when it comes to like visual effects or anything. It's just a funny little story about a little guy, and it's it's just and his mate, yeah. I just okay. It's a journey again. Yeah, right. Sue me, but you know, I, I do like a journey. But yeah, I, I left yeah. the cinema with a big smile on my face, and I was like, "Yeah, that's it's, brilliant. it's mad." I personally didn't enjoy it as much as the Green Book. I thought the Green Book was mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Green Book was better. Yeah, um, personally, um, 
But this is like, again, it's worth, it's worth a watch. I would 100% say, do you know what, mate? I'm not a film person and every film you've given me so far I've been like, okay, yeah, this is palatable. And this is what... <laughs> this is palatable. <laughs> <laughs> and this, oh, that's and the nicest is, thing you've ever said to me. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and this is the nice thing about this podcast is that usually when I'm picking a film, I'm sitting there for ages and I'm like, I'm going to pick a film, I'm going to pick a film. And then I pick a film and it's about some used used cotton bud um and like it's rubbish um and like that's why i don't really watch films yeah (laughs) because because i end up with a used cotton bud but with you it's like you recommend these films and i'm like okay yeah this has actually got some kind of you know these these my film recommendations have got me through this podcast basically I don't think I'd have dealt with the album rejections quite nearly as well if the films weren't getting Mate, approval. you've pretty much swung and hit every time. You shouldn't have done music for a living. You got it wrong. That's where you've gone wrong. <laughs> should you, should have gone into, you, should have been, you should have gone into films, yeah, rather than music. Your taste in music is questionable. Um, do you know what, actually, talking, <laughs> about, talking about your taste in music being questionable, well, I put it on the Instagram, but you sent me a version of... Um, you sent me a version of. Oh, Biffy you annoyed Cairo's me so. You annoyed space. me so much. But... <laughs> <laughs> Did I actually <laughs> listen? Right. Basically, I know it, people who have listened to the previous episodes. They will have heard you say this. Basically, I found. <laughs> I recommended Luke a Biffy Clyro album. Granted, it didn't make it into the podcast, but Luke specifically said that he had a favourite song on the album and he thought it was really good. And I found an orchestral version of this uh, song, it's Space. Uh, I listened to it. It has an awesome bridge part. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, I sent it to Luke thinking, oh, yeah, last week we didn't get on too well with the album and stuff. So let's let's meet in the middle with some mutual, you know, stuff that we've enjoyed previously. And uh, it, you were like, meh, didn't. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't really, don't really like the song. I was so annoyed. I went back to that episode, scrolled through until I found the point where you said that it was your favorite on the album. And I quoted you directly (laughs) because that annoyed me. That annoyed me far. It it shouldn't have annoyed me that much, but. No, it's brilliant that it did. And it's a classic example of how my short attention span nearly makes me miss out on something really good. Because I got 30 seconds in and I was like, I'm just going to send him back keyboard cat to wind him up. So like, like, I found that video on YouTube of the little cat that was like playing the keyboard. I was like, I'll send that back to him. And uh, then I sent you the dinosaur for Jurassic Park, who's conducting the orchestra yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a there's a bloke in a tyrannosaurus rex costume conducting an orchestra and uh, i sent that back to him and then he was like you've you've seriously got to go back and listen to this and and when i did and i listened to it the whole way through it is incredible and i'm glad that i did um but i'm sorry for pissing you off <laughs> <It's> um, <fine>. <laughs> but actually once i had the attention span to see it through till the end mm-hmm. i must admit it was incredible like chills yeah, hairs, hairs stand up, pubes go bananas. Um, so do they? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you you were saying that you you posted that on the Instagram. Yeah. You, you. What? What about it? 
you, you were saying something. You were like, you posted it on the Instagram and, or was that the story that you were going to tell? No, that, no, I just that was it. That was it. Oh, right. No, no, no. The, the, moral of the, the moral of my story was that my short attention span nearly made me miss out on something because right. I, I only gave it 30 <laughs> seconds. And then I was like, ah, oh, keyboard cat. And I was going to send oh. you, key, or I did send you keyboard cat. But I liked how you persisted with me and you were patient and you were I, like, go I back wasn't going to let again. that one slide. I just wasn't. I, so. I was, uh, yeah, this, these are one of those moments where I'm just like, you enjoy the podcast, James. You enjoy it. Just, just bear with him. Bear with him. Some, sometimes he says some stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And before, I'll tell you music, what, you can make a start on um, the album and you can start introducing that. And I'll just crack on with um, something some I've been needing to do for a while. No, no. Can you hear it? <laughs> you can hear it. Yes, I can. I was worried that you couldn't hear it, but you could hear it. What are you still it. doing here? Go have a wee. Well, sorry. Because um, now I know that you can hear it, should we give it to the listeners again? God damn it. Jesus Christ, having to deal with this guy. Oh, well, it's actually a bit nice to be left alone for a little bit whilst he's peeing outside the door. So what we've got now, uh, music. So uh, we've got Matt Corby and his album Rainbow Valley. Um, he's uh, he's an Australian singer-songwriter. Uh, he's had a couple of um, charting albums before. Um, also, he's the... 100th Australian act to reach number one in the in the Australian charts, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but the album's called Rainbow Valley, and it's um, was nominated for a couple of awards. And it's kind of what's the best way to describe it? It's quite a uh, it's quite a soulful uh, album. It's quite uh, mixed with a couple of genres, um, some lo-fi and hip-hop influences as well. And uh, it also won Australian Album of the Year. So lovely little bit of Australia coming at us again from the rag. So let's have a look at the album cover, which I guess... Yeah, it's got a dog on it. Oh, you're back. Hello. Hello. Is that a dog? Did I miss, did I miss much? No, not really. Just me moaning about you again. Yeah. Nothing new. So, is it yeah. a dog on the front? Is it actually? It's what we it's what we built this podcast on. Yeah, it's a little dog, isn't it? It says Rainbow. Well, the one I've got. Have I listened to the wrong album again? I thought it was. Oh I god! If I listened to the wrong album. No, it is a dog. It's no, his I'm dog. Right, am I? Yeah, it's so, his dog. All right. Yeah, you love that. Um. Yeah. So he's got a decent yeah, barnet, hasn't he? What the singer? Yeah. You've seen we, his hair? No. He's got a decent oh. barnet. Oh, it's just a bit... It's not much fluffier than mine or yours, I don't think. Well, when it's really long, when it's down to like his shoulders, I think it looks wicked. Oh, oh I haven't seen that. Do you want me to share my screen so you can see it? 
No, not really. Why? <laughs> I don't uh, want any hair, you, hair, hair envy. Can you see him? Look at this. Bit Vikingy. It's very good, isn't it? Mm. When it's that length. Gotta love that. I know that's not what we're reviewing. Look, there's the dog. See? But if we were reviewing it, um, yeah, if- definitely recommend. Definitely recommend Matt for his <laughs> hair and his dog. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> great hair, great dog. I was, <laughs> I got the weirdest pep talk from one of my friends the other night about hair because she, uh, she asked me, "You growing your hair? Are you going to do one of those things where you just shave it all off at a sudden moment?" And I went, "Probably, mainly, maybe. We'll, we'll see." And she was like, "Cause don't, cause you you have you have quite thick hair. Not many guys have." Uh, hair like that and if you grow it out it could be something and I was like yeah, good, okay, yeah. okay good okay, for okay. you no, thanks for the live pep talk it's good and she went do you remember Jason Momoa I went okay weird tangent to take it on when talking about yeah. me but okay and she said mm-hmm. well before he had yeah, the long definitely. hair he was hot but then he's got the long hair and then he's hot and got something unique so be like Jason Momoa <laughs> I was I like I love that Okay, sure. Be more Jason so, Momoa. So, um, yeah, I've got a bit. I've had a bit of a. I got compared to Jason Momoa, and no one's going to tell me otherwise. So, I'm fucking, fucking that. hell. Moving on, back yeah. to uh, back to the real stuff. <laughs> back to the real stuff. Oh, Jesus the real Christ. stuff. So, yeah, this album. Um, Talk I, was, about I, it. I basically said it was. It seemed quite um, R and B influence with some folk influence, and some. It's got some very groovy hip hop lo-fi influence as well so overall the album has some pretty stellar uh drum beats on it and bass lines really kind of like that vibe it's like i've I wrote down if you didn't have the vocals it would be like one of those groovy background music um like beats to study to kind of stuff which i really really like mm-hmm. so i like that um yeah so diving in, I guess. So it starts with um, okay. We like our opening tracks. Fact. Light my light my dart up. Do you know light what a dart, my dart is up. as well? No, is this a Aussie slang? Cigarette. Uh, it's Australian for a fag, mate. Oh, light my light, dart up. Light, light my dart up. Light my. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Whoops. Ah, <laughs> uh, never mind. So um, I'm going to talk about the um, first two tracks because I was very, I was quite impressed with um, the vocals on these two tracks. So he starts the first track and it is very low. He's going for that Barry White kind of low. Oh, Barry White. He's come up a few times in today's podcast. Call back. And so he's got this really, really low voice, which goes really, really well. And it's got this nice mm. little piano intro as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the production on the piano. So I like um, those kind of upright. It's like an up, old school upright piano. You can hear the pedals the going as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've written that down. You've got I the like creakiness that. of the piano. Yeah. yeah. Um, there wasn't much else about the song apart from the line... I'm flying around the room was worked really, really nicely within the song and was mm-hmm. quite, um, it kind of swelled into these uh, nice little harmonies that come in on the end, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. But in contrast, 
He goes all fucking Bee Gees on the second track. Does he? Stay alive. No, for no ordinary life. What the vocal changes. Yeah, he goes all falsetto on that. It's really, really high pitched. And um I've written Sam Smith. He gave me some Sam Smith vibes. More so in the track all fired up. But when you say that high pitched BG yeah. style thing. Yeah. I was I, go- I was going Sam Smith. That's what I was Okay. Feeling. Well, he goes more BGs in the bridge at the end of the song. Um, I didn't think much of the vocal melodies. And I didn't really... Th- nothing really... Nothing much about the vocals hooked me mm-hmm. throughout I'd the agree. album, mm-hmm. actually. But I really, really like the drums. It's really, really upbeat, lo-fi, hip-hop style drum beats with really nice bass lines. So that's, that continues throughout the album. He's got these kind mm-hmm. of like uh, nice, oh, what's the best way? They're smooth. Those bass lines are smooth and the drum beats are lo-fi and gritty and quite driving. It's um, all very smooth though, isn't it? Yeah. So the whole album is very smooth. There's not much greenness. So then, yeah, no ordinary life. It kind of establishes a bit more. So he starts with the piano song, but then it starts to establish this kind of this drum beat bass thing. That's kind of the highlight of the album all the way through for me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, all I see, like it starts with the piano and it mm-hmm. kind of, it sounds like a sampled old school the piano. The creaky piano comes back, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of starts with these kind of like, it could have even been like a sample that you could hear in like some electro swing or something like that, some kind of that kind of stuff, but then obviously isn't used in that kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't have much else to say about all that I see. Um, then comes to like, the first track that act I actively disliked was okay. uh, "Get with the Times." Get with the Times. What's that for? Yeah. Okay. The kind of choir stuff that they have at the beginning kind of annoys me. Um, mm-hmm. The kind of style of the of the choir, um, mm-hmm. and this is when he starts to do these really big embellishments on the vocals, which I call be- I call it Beyonceing it. Which is right, just okay. like instead of having just a melody and focusing on what it's delivering, it's like oh, like it's, he's flying around the place a bit. Okay. So yeah, that was the one that started to that annoyed me a little bit. Yeah. But that again, that was the only thing taking away from the song, that choir kind of style and that vocal style. But there wasn't really anything else making up for it in uh, the rest of Get With the Times. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was all right, and it was. I wouldn't. Yeah, it was nice to have one in the background. Uh, up till this point, um, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you're trying to find nice things to say. Like, I I can't help you with this album because I just didn't enjoy it. Okay, like, and I'm not. I'm glad that you're bringing some more. Like, um, I'm glad that you're bringing some more. Uh, meat to the meat music to, meat to my words yeah but I just like you know like last week you were saying about 
how great the composition of the album was and the songwriting and the lyrics and stuff. And I still said no. With me, there is something with music that I just feel it inside or I don't. Like, I'm not smart enough to understand it on the level that you do. Mm -hmm. I get Mm -hmm. this feeling inside and I'm like, yeah, that works with me or it doesn't. And then I can kind of understand little bits that I like. Um, But there's a feeling. And I just thought this album just didn't give me that feeling. I just found it. You know, when you said put it on in the background, like you could just have it on in the background and there'd be nothing that would jump out. For me personally, there'd be nothing that jump out and say, makes me go, oh, that's caught my attention. Like it could just mm-hmm. be on in the background and I'd probably forget about it and never ask who it was. It's not offensive. It's nice yeah. enough. Um, but for me, like this is the worst thing the rag has given us and it hurts me <laughs> because the, ra- the rag has just been like solid the whole way through. And mm-hmm. I got this and I was like, no, rag, no. For me personally, like I saw some great things online about it after I'd written what I'd written saying, you know, it's this psychedelic album where he comes out of his own sound. And um, when reading into him, when, well, when reading into him, he was a runner up on Australian Idol. So he, he was the runner up of Australian Idol back in 2007. Okay. So we're, we're dealing with a Will Young here or a Gareth. I, I, in my notes, at points he felt a bit X Factory. So, so he came from, Australian Idol and do you know what I like about it is that he described participating in the competition as a big fucking mistake that was his exact words and he he wrote a piece which I thought kind of fair play about how he struggled to create an identity as a musician outside of that with a different sound because everybody puts you in the same box so Mm -hmm. apparently this album was a real big step forward for him because it was coming away from this australian idol thing per se Um, i didn't know that information before i listened to the album so it's not like i listened to the album and was like ah he did australian idol therefore i'm not gonna like it it wasn't that at all but Mm. i yeah uh, uh-huh. there's so many there's so many songs i've written nothing for <laughs> um <laughs> okay well still yeah for me if you've got any nice things to say well, it's quite do, interesting but. that you mentioned about last week and actually having that feeling because i f- think i feel about this album how you maybe felt with aurora in a way because i don't know like technically everything adds up for this album i should like it like mathematically I should like this album, but mm-hmm. like you just said, there was nothing that made me get nothing that got me that made me go. Ooh, no. ah, nice. So mm-hmm. yeah, all fired up again. <laughs> yeah. Not much going on there. They have a little interlude track. One that I did quite like. Um, are you just going to sit and read uh, Mr. Ben whilst I do a I'm review? Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to reread. I'm going to reread Travis Pepper and the Silly Birthday while you finish off Yedge. Let me know okay. when you want me back. Cause- well, New Day Coming, I actually quite liked. So this was the song on the album I did quite like, uh, as well as Miracle Love. Um, bass and the beat and all the stops work really, really well together. And there's also like the outro. There's some really sexy synth lines going on at the end of New Day Coming. I loved it. I love the ending. Um, so there was that. Better. There wasn't much else for that. There was like uh, some cool guitar lines going on. Again, like like what you said, you you know, I think I'm just try- <laughs> I was trying to find nice things to say about it. But Miracle Love, um, 
really catchy, really nice vocal performance. And there's a little clarinet at the end, which sounds pretty funky, pretty nice. Um, and then, yeah, elements. <laughs> there's an all right chorus. And then I've got nothing for Rainbow Valley. <laughs> I, just, I just can't. I just can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> I'm just... Sorry, Rag. I shouldn't laugh. And I did try. I'd listened to this album on several occasions and I just couldn't. It just wasn't for me. Mm. Um, I didn't realise that I'd already... I was listening to the album, just played it whilst I was commuting and stuff like that. And I got to a bit where I thought, oh, what's going on here? This is quite cool. And I realised that I got to the end of the album and it had started playing random other tracks. And I was was like, oh, 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 shit. That's not a good song. I yeah, I so, had to stop and start the album quite a bit. And unfortunately I've just been listening to that Biffy Clara song at the repeat for the week. So Yeah, this album <laughs> for for me personally, this album isn't great and it hurts me, Rag. But look, all of us have our mistakes. We all make mistakes. No one's perfect. So As um, our coach would say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But if there's anybody You're not defined um, by your mistakes, that's it. That that wants to listen to Matt Corby Rainbow Valley, I would personally say save yourself the hassle and uh, <laughs> do and do, and do something else. I don't know. Go and <laughs> do some charity. Do some charity work or something. Because it's. I mean, that's not right actually bad advice, really. You know, if you've got well, nothing else yes, to do, check decent. me out with a good advice. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so this is what I was saying. So sorry, Rag. That's obviously not going in. Um. The what I was going to say is we are two all at the epic battle of Travis Pepper versus the rag. Epic. Which is epic <laughs> battle. I opened with a bang. We will close with a bang, ladies and gentlemen, because I think next week we do two albums. We do right. one by Travis and we do one by the rag. So do you have an album in mind, Travis? And I will read you what the rag has decided to go for. Okay. For his well, first. I've got, and this I've is got the two f- albums I'm trying to decide between right now. And you read the rag you read what the rag no, said I won't. Whilst, you pick you pick yours first because i don't want you to be influenced by what he's picked okay oh god um i'm trying but to this think is the first you... week he's given us somebody that isn't australian so he's going big for the last okay hold on although just... he's still stuck to his kind of like you probably wouldn't it's not like uh mainstream it's something a little bit left field um but it's not australian okay well i'm going to recommend a band called fickle friends i think okay yeah so it's a 2018 album called you are someone else by the band fickle friends um okay i hope you enjoy they're they're local British, um, so they're from uh, Brighton, I think. So okay, fickle friends, fickle friends. So you've got two. Oh, it's another. It's another last because I'm trying to get one in the one in the playlist because <laughs> I think it's ridiculous that we still haven't got one. Uh, haven't got what? Ah, oh, okay, a, a female. Love that. Yeah. So he has gone for. We had a conversation, me and the rag, where I said, "Look, I'm giving you extra warning this week because for the final week, for the grand finale, what did I call it earlier? Finale, finale, finale. Um, <laughs> for the for the grand finale, I am um, season finale. 
Um, I want to do a big showdown, Travis Pepper versus The Rag. So we'll do both the albums and we'll see if somebody can win and take the title. Um, so he said, holy shit, mate, that's come around quick. You guys are smashing through the seasons. He said, I, I'd expect you two to have started running out of things to talk about by now, but you have to cut, <laughs> yourself, cut yourself short every week. <laughs> it's so true. Um, so, so he basically came to the table with a guy that I've listened to one track and the track I've listened to is also the title of the album, but it's a bloke called Sam Fender and the song is called, or the album is called Hypersonic, Hypersonic Missiles hypersonic missiles so he's gone for sam fender hypersonic missiles well i'm glad i didn't go for my other track other artist so i think there's a bit more variation between the two albums that are coming next week than there could have been so yeah okay cool right so next week we've got sam fender hypersonic missiles we've got what did you say uh you are someone else by fickle friends you are somebody else by fickle friends um are we going to do legacy? anything else? We're going to do legacy, and then we're going to have a big scrap yeah. over our season finale. Most inspirational person, um, Mr. Thing to be inspired by. Thing to watch. Tickle is included. Thing to be inspired by. Thing to watch. Thing to read. And thing to listen to. So love it. All man. of that will be decided next week. So next week. I've also remember. So some people have been listening on Apple Podcasts. We know that you can leave reviews. Leave reviews if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And you can say whatever you want and give as many stars as you like. We've got one, and that's from someone that Luke slept with. So, Yay! No, hang on. That I didn't just sleep with her. I made love to her. <laughs> <laughs> I made love to you like you want bam, me bam. to. <laughs> I, st- I started with Barry White. I'm going to end with Barry White. I made love. I made love to I her made loins. Love. I, made, I made love to her loins as I laid her on loincloth. Have you ever <laughs> said the term make love before this moment? Um, I have because it's in that song, in it? Make love and listen to the music. <laughs> you got to let yourself go, 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 okay. go, go. But not outside a song. Make no. love okay. and listen to the music. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I don't think it would work very well with my accent. Oi, love, do you want to come back to my gaff and we can make love? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a ring to it. It's got a certain charm. <laughs> It's got a certain charm that you can only find south of the M25. <laughs> anyway, it's been a pleasure this week, mate. It's been absolutely. I've enjoyed pleasure. it. We're finishing on a Have much, much higher energy than we did last time. It's been fun this week. I'm sorry that the rag, the rag, kind of let us down. But apart from that, I think we've been flying. We've had Travis Pepper's silly birthday that will come in the post to you with your matching certificate as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we've had no <laughs> we've had no um technical difficulties so it's been fun whatever you've done your end has worked yeah Woo! I'm see excited. you later mate get yourself ready for the grand finale i'm Sleep always well. ready for the grand finale ciao it's the travis pepper show thanks for listening guys if you had as much fun listening as we did prating about on record, then tune in next week where we'll do it all again. But between now and then, you can follow us on Instagram by searching Mentoring a Moron. So good luck trying to get that out of your search history.